and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. I'm Mike, and I am joined by Matt. The brains and the looks of this operation. Yes, you are. So, brains. Well, I think having read the extensive feedback from our last movie episode about like sequels and stuff, which I'm saying now, clearly hoping that you put that one out before this one, and everybody agrees with me, that I'm the brains and the looks. I'm sure you are. I'm sure they'll agree with you, because you're a very handsome gentleman. Yes, not like a cross between a badger and a sex offender, like somebody said recently. No, that that was cruel and mean and heartless. Yes, Bunty should be punished. That's up to you. Um, but we did talk about movies last time, because I will put that one out first. Um, Yay! I, will get, I guess if I put them out in a different order that we record them, um, I just get very confused. It's your age. Well, it's because we back-reference things, and if you put them out in the wrong order, then the back-references make no sense, and people are going, what are you talking about? So, not going to talk about that. Um, I thought today, um, given that I've been going through an existential crisis in gaming, um, we could talk about why do you pick the forces slash crews slash models that you pick to play a game with? See? That's... Oh, do you want me to answer straight away? No, oh, no. Or was that a pause for dramatic effect? It was a pause for dramatic effect. Think on, dear listener, about why it is. Because we're going to talk about it, but there may be a test at the end. Oh, will there be a test? No, there's not going to be a test. I was just trying to lure them in. Okay. The reason that I thought of this is because yesterday, as we're recording... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Well, it, it suddenly comes to light. Yes, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> see where I'm coming from now? Yeah, Yester- absolutely. Yesterday, um, uh, Matt and I were at Wayland um, Game Centre because I was running a Malifaux event. Um, I came 24th out of 40 people. That's almost in the top half. Well, certainly somewhere near the middle. You did beat up a couple of noobs, though. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I did not. I was a gracious victor who <laughs> attempted to assist and coach a relatively new player through it while at the same time fielding two wind gammon. <laughs> all right? Just get that clear in your head. Okay. I did not noob stomp at all. Okay. You did very well. Yes. And you're you're well ahead of your rival in which in one of the many, many silly contests you have going this year. Yes, absolutely. So Leading up to Sunday, up what to have Sunday. we been most excited about? What, and this, this week coincidentally record this week, in in our consistent process of we're going to pick a game, we're going to stick with it for a whole year kind of thing, what have we been looking at this week with such detail that we actually recorded an episode about it? Yeah, so this week, um, it, the new shiny obviously was new 40k, um, which I must admit, I still really like the look of. Yeah. Um, and so we had been building and modelling forces for it. Um, Matt had been lusting after pretty much everything on the Forge World site for Tau. 
And I had to keep slapping him down, saying, no, you can't afford it. No, you can't afford it. But it's so lovely. Um, and I had been building Marines. And I had, because I had them. And they were, they were in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was buying stuff. And then we went to, we went to um, Wayland at the weekend. And I thought, right, I'll pick up bits for the Marines. And so um, I picked up a Land Raider and a Flyer. Basically, the bits that I didn't have, which was a Land Raider, a Flyer, and um, something else. I can't remember what something else was now. Mm. can't remember. Uh, and I, took them, I bought them and I took them out to the car and put them in the car. And then I sat down and I was reading some stuff about the new 40K. There was an article on the Warhammer community site. And it was about um, how wounds and stuff work in the new game. And how things have lots of wounds. And basically, it's very similar to AOS in that your big griblies have lots of wounds. And they get as they get damaged, they, their effectiveness come, becomes less. Which is actually very similar to um, rules in Epic for mm-hmm. um, big griblies like gargants and stuff. Where they take damage and they become less effective. All good stuff. And I was sitting there, and I was reading the article, and I'm thinking, why am I playing Space Marines? I have no affinity for Space Marines at all. Why am I not playing Orcs, which is what I have an affinity for? Now, in Epic, and we've talked about this on Fool's Dailies a while ago, Orcs are my first love in Epic. They always have been. I've played Orcs since the game came out. And for 40k, back when I played in Road Trader days, that's what I had. I had Orcs. And so I was sitting there and I was thinking, why aren't I playing Orcs? Why have I just bought, why have I dropped 100 quid on stuff for Space Marines when I don't really like Space Marines? I don't like the um, way they play. I don't like playing elite armies. I tend not to. Um, Why aren't I playing Orcs? And I'm denied a bit. And I spoke with Lee um, because Lee has some Orcs because he'd been painting them up. Um, and said that I wanted. To, I was thinking about doing orcs, and he said, "Well, we can trade." And I went, oh, "Okay." And so I went up to the nice men at Wayland, and I said, "Hello, nice Wayland man. How much of a pain in the backside can I be?" And they said, "As much as you want, Mike." And I said, "Excellent. Can I go and get that stuff from my car and trade it for orc stuff?" And they said, "Yeah, that's fine." So that's what I did. I went and got it back out, and I traded it. Um, so they were very lovely. Thank you very much, Wayland people. <laughs> And that's it. And then I had orcs. And then I was uber happy. And then I was excited. And you, I, were, you were a very giddy boy on the way home, it has to be said. And I've been building them today. And, you know, they just appeal. But the, the, the bigger thing is why do they appeal? Because we've had it with Malifaux as well recently. Is that I've been playing various different crews. Um... You know, last year I played an Ironsides crew. If you don't know anything about Malifaux, it's, it, it doesn't actually matter for the purpose of this discussion. And then um, I've been playing, for the first half of this year, I've been playing a Nelly crew. But, and I like both of them, but neither of them are my first love. And my first love is, um, there's a character in McMorning, there's a character called Dr. McMorning, and he is a dual faction character, which means you can play him either as Guild or as Resurrectionist. And I'd been playing him as 
guild for a while, and then I've gone off. But my first love for him is always to play him as a resurrectionist. You know, he's this mad Dr. Frankenstein type. And I played against Matt a few weeks ago now with him, and it was like putting on a comfortable pair of slippers. It just felt Sorry. right. Oh, you're talking about the morning, not me. No, I'm not. No, not you did not. You did not put me on like a comfortable pair of slippers. No, but the result. Just of the, clarifying the, that. The result of the game was like a comfortable pair of slippers. Yeah, that's fine. I just had <laughs> visions of you sliding into me like I'm an old moccasin or something. No, that's not no, what happened. No, that is not what happened. At least I don't remember that happening. I did wake up in my car, but that's fine. <laughs> did you? Had I taken all the sticky residue off your wrists? Yes. Good. Um... <laughs> So, it was it was like putting on a comfortable pair of slippers, and and I've talked in the past about how if I'm really into a game or really into character, then I see narratives evolving in my head. Um, so when we've been playing Dragon Rampant, if I'm using, yeah. it's very interesting. If I play Dragon Rampant using my Skaven, I don't get the narrative. If I play Dragon Rampant using the Halls of Destiny then I get mm-hmm. um, stories in my head, uh, you know, when yeah. the units are doing things. And it's the same with Morning. And it's the same with Orcs. When I play Epic, I get that story in my head. You know, I see their war buggies with plumes of dust flying off them and stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was, you know, I picked them up. And this morning I was looking at the ones that you'd given me. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, look at this, and I've got this, and oh, yes. And I started to look at the um, all the add-on accessories that you can get from the various bits suppliers, you know, the the world, the various World War Two heads and things. And yeah. Because previously I'd been thinking, oh, you know, I could do some World War And the more I looked at them, and the more I looked at the heads that they actually came with, I'm going, no, I just want to do them with the heads. That, I don't need all of this extra bits. Mm-hmm. The models are so gorgeous to me. But I'm going, oh, yeah. no, this is brilliant. And so, you know, I've been building them and I, I've built a big knob and he's got a big, <laughs> he's got a big custom weapon um, <laughs> of a shooter and a flamer. And then I've got some other guy who's got a bionic arm with a big blade on it and he's only got a little pistol to shoot with. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to build it. You're such a child. I'm gonna, you're going to really enjoy this one. I'm, the next one I'm going to build is going to have a big double-handed chopper. <laughs> See, you were just mucking about to start with, but now you've actually got, haven't you? <laughs> oh, boy, you carry on. <laughs> Double-handed chop. <laughs> I don't know that feeling well. <clears throat> what, of my, double on, sorry. of my double-handed chopper? Sliding into me like an old slipper. <clears throat> and so... I mean, think you know. I was thinking, why do we pick the force? And then I was thinking about you. And um, and I was thinking, were you in the shower? No, I was driving. Okay. Don't get overexcited. And you know the fact that you, whichever sort of not necessarily science fiction game, but whatever fantasy game we play, you mm-hmm. like to shoehorn in the whole Japanese Oriental theme. Yeah. And part of it is, I've got models for that, and mm. so I can reuse them. But part of it is also, 
I haven't got models for that, but there's this really cool one over there that I've wanted, and now I've got something for. Yeah. So what? I, I, I don't know what it what it is that draws me to that kind of the the samurai aesthetic, I suppose, for the want of a better term. Um, I've always been a fan of samurai films. Um, they're generally pretty forces. Um, I'd love to say it's because I have a deep ingrained kind of honor system um, and I follow the Bushido code and, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm full of, you know, propriety and respect for, you know, my position in society, but that would all be bollocks because none of that is true. I, I, I honestly, I don't know what it is um, that draws me to that kind of oriental aesthetic, but I know it's always there. I know that frequently, you're absolutely right. I'll I'll look at a, I'll look at a game system, and I will seek out if there's a Japanese style faction in there. Um, and if there isn't, shoehorn, I guess, is the kind of right the right term. I mean, we were when we were in walking away from Salute, or I was walking around Salute, I kind of did a, a double take and went back on myself as I walked past the Eden stand, because they've developed their kind of, the Japanese faction within that, and there's some nice kind of again, oriental themes, robot-y type things with Sashimono and Katanas, and and I was like, oh, they're nice, I wonder what I could use those for. Um so, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's why I sort of then went down the, the Ten Thunders route for quite a while within Malifaux because I liked kind of Misaki and the ninjas. And then you had Yan Lo, again, for those that don't play Malifaux, bear with. Um, but also, go and play Malifaux, you idiots. Um, Yan Lo is the kind of oriental sorcerer. Um, He's low pan from... Uh... Pretty much, low pan from um, Big Trouble in Little China. China. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I just think it's it's something that is there's an innate in appeal in there. There's the, you know there's nothing genetic or environmental about it. It's not something that I've been brought up around that kind of thing. The old man was always a film buff, but was never particularly a you know was never. I don't ever remember watching Kurosawa with him, but I did watch a lot of Sergio Leone with him. Mm. Um, and obviously there is a direct sort of influence there and that, you know, watching those films and then because he was a film geek and, and read about things and following that, then reading, you know, where, you know, your Jimbo and, and the Seven Samurai and all of that and how they influenced Leone films kind of took me back to that. But again, that's, you know, within that film world, I like them, but I, I wouldn't be able to put a finger on, I guess. And it's not even the same as you. It's not that there's an, a narrative element to it. It is purely kind of something around the aesthetic, I guess. So, yeah, it is, it is a strange one. Um, and as I say that, I'm looking across at the painting bench, which is currently covered with Perry Samurai and Bushido Oni and the stuff that having looking and collecting the figures to paint for Dragon Rampant to fill the Dark Cohort, which was going to be my collection of evil races to count your collection of good races. I've got far more interest in getting on with painting my historical samurai with all of the fantastical stuff added in, because 
I'm more interested in painting them and want to play with them more, more than I do with the collection of Undead and Dark Elves and Dark Dwarves and Chaos Warriors and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'll get round to them maybe before I die. I wouldn't put a £500-pound bet on it like you would against um, Marie Le Pen, so I was reading on Facebook. Oh, I read that. That was very funny. That was quite funny. Um, but I will crack on and and get into the samurai again because now I've, I've got the blood up to get my samurai table built because I've got all of... I've got a load of samurai terrain and, and I've got, I think, last count, six sets of samurai rules of which I've played one half a game with one, I think. So, yeah, I, I think there is always something. I mean, it doesn't necessarily follow into the 40K stuff. I guess Tao are the most japanese influenced well i was th- i was i was see i was just thinking that i was i was thinking that there is that i'm sure i saw pictures of a glorious tau army done in a gray and red color scheme um that had been all japanese influenced up and so they all had sashimonos and um that's the bat banner thing isn't it yeah and um they'd used one of those third-party resin supplier katanas to give them yeah. weapons and things. I haven't ruled out doing that yet. <laughs> it's been done quite a lot because of obviously the kind of the Japanese kind of manga anime in look of the town. So that's yes. that's obviously a reference that's there anyway. Um, so several many people have done that before. Well, so. the, battle, the battle suits, obviously, yeah. Yeah, um, but even with the fire warriors and stuff like that, having Dashimonos on your fire warriors and having the sort of squad leaders with katanas and stuff like that, it's been done before, so it wouldn't be new, but it would look bloody cool. So, yeah, so I, and that's another reason I've sort of been sat and not rushing into the tower thinking, do I or do I not go down that route? The answer is probably yes, I will. Um, but from a 40k point of view... The other thing that influenced me the first time around when I was in it is having come up playing a lot of historical war games, um, my first love was Imperial Guard because tanks and and lots of tanks, all of the tanks. Um, So, you know, that was a slightly different influence. I loved the idea of a a mass tank army. Obviously, the downside with 40k was... That's not what you play. If you want a mass tank army in the 40k universe, play Epic. Because if you try and do it in 40k, it's ridiculous. But I loved painting tanks. And I uh, the first time around I did my Imperial Guard, I did them with a World War II German theme. So, you know, um, Dunkelgeld vehicles with three-coloured camo and, and German-coloured um, uniforms and, and um, the... Splinter style camouflage on the Cadian's armor. It looked great, but again, nothing new. It's all very hackneyed and to a degree kind of fits the referencing for some of the Imperial Guard armies anyway. Yes. So, yeah, um, I guess we do go back to the comfortable and familiar, but I wouldn't necessarily nece- know why. I don't think it's necessarily the same as you from a narrative point of view. It's probably more aesthetic for me. Yeah, I have to have the, I have to have the aesthetic. I mean, the, the one that is the one that is different. The aesthetic was born out of having the models was my Skaven. Yeah, um, and that was, 
I mean, <laughs> when the figures first came out in the mid-80s, I bought them. But that was a time when Warhammer, you just basically, you know, it was, you just put everything on the table. So I had loads of evil races. And then um, Ravening Hordes came out. Yeah. Um, proper Ravening Hordes, not the little booklet that came with Warhammer 4th edition. Yeah. Um, and so you had, so me and my mates, we each had to pick an army. And so I picked Skaven. Um, and that was it then. That was where my love of them kept. And I, you know, and that's why they're the only Warhammer army I actually still have. Mm. Um, far, far, far too many of them. Hundreds, there are hundreds and hundreds quite, and hundreds of them. Um, yeah, you're rats of bread like rabbits. They have really, but um, I mean the other things. You know, I get this. I get the story with, and I think that helps a game as well for yeah. me. You always, you always seem happiest when when you've got that that narrative going, and because we're of a similar ilk, I kind of enjoy that part of our gaming too we do it pretty much every time we play something in effect we give a running commentary what's going on you know that's true of particularly of the games we've played over the, probably the last couple of years going back to things like fistful of kung fu and all of that kind of thing yeah well i was just i was just thinking of ogam yeah it's and much th- the same yeah well, and th- and thor's story that we've developed on the get on the table mm well, you know, that he's a massive douchebag. <laughs> that he just... He smites everybody. It's not the story that I've developed. The story I've developed is, it's time for Mjolnir! As he throws it at you and lightning bolts you and stuff. Um, yeah, that's the same reasons that I think he's a massive <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> but it has added some spice to our gaming when we've and yeah. and if we find a rules because we've tried a lot of rule sets and we've and you and that spark hasn't been there and it doesn't necessarily mm. mean the rule set is bad it's just that it's not not ours for not us. for us um there's another another example across the dead earth versus this is not a test yeah you know it's not the rule sets that has dictated which one that we have taken the preference to. It's the fact that when we were playing on the table, the story developed. And I suppose the rule set did help with that because the mechanics of it helped the story along. Yeah. But they, that helped more than, um, you know, this is not a test helped more with that narrative process than across the dead earth did. Yeah, and it's not. It's you know, rules wise, it's six or one half a dozen or the other. Mm, absolutely, yeah. But it's, and I think that that's what might, you know, prolong the appear the appeal of games like um, Blood Bowl is mm. that you're making that story for your team. And in fact, I mean, in Blood Bowl, it's you're you're you know, if you're playing in a campaign, it sort of drives you that way. Yeah, that you've got the you know you've got the story of your team and your star players. And I suppose you can play it without namings. You know, it's just it's just lineman one, lineman two, exactly. You know, if it, it's and, uh, you it's know much if, more interesting. We, and if we play things like you know a campaign setting of Shadow War Armageddon, you know, it will kind of be the same thing. That's, I mean, I know we sort of spoke about it on the way home, and I sort of said, "Oh, you'll be using orcs for your." Uh, 
your Shadow Walkers, you've got your Inquisitors, and I know you love the aesthetic of those, but I'll bet you you'd rather play with your Orcs once you get start getting them painted. Probably. That is probably true. But it's just... Uh, this discussion has just sparked another neuron in my head. I like the way you say another as if there's more than one. There, there's at least two. Okay. Um, what we're basically talking about was written about in an article in White Dwarf many years ago. Because what, basi- what we're basically talking about is Stillmania. Mm-hmm. Um, for listeners who don't know, there was there was a gentleman who used to work for Games Workshop called Nigel Stillman. Um, and he was an archaeologist, and then he became a games developer. And I think, I'm pretty sure, he went back to archaeology. I'll Google him now. I think I think he went back to doing archaeology. He wrote an article, but he wrote an article in White Dwarf called Stillmania, which was very much contrary to the way a lot of people were playing Warhammer at the time, which was basically pick a you pick an army list of what you like. Um, don't worry about game effectiveness and things. You pick an army of what you like. So his was Bretonians. So he had little stories for each of the units in his Bretonians. You paint that army, you slap a coat of varnish on it, you lock the army list in so it doesn't change, and that's it, and you play it. And the stories that that... You record the stories and adventures that the army has. And the army might be terrible, and you might lose every game, but that's the story, and that's the narrative that you play. And um, that article resonated a lot with me, because that was what I tried to do with um, my Skaven at the time, is that I was playing... Um, Skaven armies that didn't match the competitive norm of the time because they the competitive norm didn't match what a Skaven army should be from the fluff in my head. So I just had I had boatloads of clan rats and massive units of clan rats, you know, 30, 40 clan rats. Um, and their clan rats at the time were rubbish. You know, they, you were just throwing points away, putting them on the table. Um, it was the time that you had like 20 Gisales and you just shot everything to pieces. Um, and yet, it resonated with me that I have named characters. So my elf, my um, Skaven general is called Macrit Elfbane. And he's called Mac- been called Macrit Elfbane from 1988. Uh, which is quite a long time ago. Yeah, it's a while. Um, because uh, one of my regular opponents when I was 18 played elves, and I would kill his general. I wouldn't always win, but I would kill his general every game. Um, and so my general became Macra Elfbane. Makes total sense. Uh, and he's still Macra Elfbane, and he's been through many different figures and many different incarnations, but he is still Macra Elfbane. Um, and I, think I, I can't remember what my point was going to be. But, oh, no, it was still mania. And so I think that that's it. And I yeah. think that, that maybe what we are now espousing, or what we're talking about, is effectively that. It's, you know, we're, we're well, I, certainly I am at my happiest when I'm gaming, when I'm building stories around what I'm playing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just... I just love it. And I've, all of a sudden, into my head, just looking at the orcs on my painting thing, the name of my orc warlord has just popped into my head. 
Are you going to publicly publicly share it? Or? Sure, it's Razak Galjai. R-A-Z-K Galjai. Okay. That was my, that was my uh, warlord. Razak Galjai. God. I haven't thought of that for years. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I sold my orcs. I sold my orcs when 2nd edition 40k came out. Quite a while ago. Yeah, that was because I, I didn't want to. Pl- I didn't like second edition forty k, and so mm. um, I sold them to a guy in the store, and they were all, you know, original metal orcs. Um, and they're all painted as well. <laughs> and I thought they were the bee's knees of painting. If I looked at them now, I bet I would hate every single one of them. Quite possibly. But, um, no, oh, heck, there we go. Oh, memory lane. But, Razak Galjai. Yeah, so there, so there, the, rebo- the rebirth of Razak Galjai in 8th edition 40k. And and I have managed to, yeah. while you were talking, find a print of the White Dwarf page, which clearly states what still mania is and what you do. Would you like me to read it out? Yeah, go on. Still mania. Nigel Stillman is well known for playing in the spirit of the game. His personal opinion is the ultimate spirit of wargaming. Pick your army at just under 2000 points, write it down on the roster and never amend it again. Make sure it fits the background, collect and paint the army, give it three coats of gloss varnish and then never touch it with a paintbrush again. (laughs) Give every character and regiment a name. Do not possess, do not even possess extra or alternative units. Oh, I've just, hang on, I've just flicked over the bloody page. Uh, Where's it gone? There it is. Make a carrying case that fits the army exactly. Fight every battle with the same army and never change anything in it. Fight in big games with just your 2,000 points, and to hell with the odds. Never vary or change your army in any way. Resist all temptation. Model every magic item on the character who carries it, no matter what it is. What you see in the army is what you get. Take this literally. Always give your opponent the benefit of the doubt. Who cares if all of your opponents know know your army composition by heart? Let the only surprises be your deployment and your tactical moves. Shrug off defeat, learn the lessons and keep practicing. Play for the fun of gaming. And when you win, the excellence of your generalship will be will be beyond doubt. That's very that cool. Is, that is the page from Stillmania. For those that want to see, I found it along with a typed interview with Nigel Stillman, which also covers his archaeological career. The website is givemled.blogspot. Uh, Sorry, I'll try that again in English. Givemled. That's give m led. I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. Dot blogspot. Blogspot.co.uk. <laughs> I can't say. Spot. Yes, I'll get. I'll email you the direct thing, and you can put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay, but that's what we were just saying. Yeah. And if we look at the, if I look at the halls of destiny. That's what they are. Each unit has a name and has a background and has the rules and traits have been put together with a story in mind. 
If I look at the Mamas boys, who are sitting right next to me, they have fearful because they when the when the going gets tough, they start running. But that's yeah. part of their story. They're they're perfectly happy when things are going well for them. So, yeah. See, that's cool. I'm glad I remembered that. Yeah. Um. Boom. There you go. There's the link in a chat Excellent. thing. Excellent. Well, that was good. Yeah. So, it's similar to playing with fixed lists in Malifaux, actually. Yeah, very much so. Though you don't have to name, come up with names for all your characters because they're already named. Yeah. And see, I don't name my grunts. Perhaps I should name my reporters. Perhaps you should. Oh, Daisy May. May she? Yeah, that's going to be one of my reporters, Daisy May. All oh, right. And on occasions when the cards are not in your favour, Daisy may not. Um, yeah, but generally she does, to be fair. Yeah. Especially if I'm playing you. That's more about me than your generalship being in doubt, isn't it? Well, that's that's about my incompetence never being in doubt. That's true. Well, on that, not really a bombshell. <laughs> no. Kind of a statement of facts, but... Yeah. What the hey? Um, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs> <laughs>